0: to z sports primetime on a wednesday night i'm your host buck rising if you're new to the show and i'm proud as always to be presented to you by the fine folks at Brymac mechanical b-r-y-m-a-k brymac.com is where you go for satisfaction guaranteed on all of your hvac needs Brymac has you covered b-r-y-m-a-k Brymac. Com. Of course, you know you get your dream address without the stress at GaryAshton.com. The official real estate agent of the Titans, of the Pretz, and of me can be found with the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage at GaryAshton.com. And of course, Two Rivers Ford, the best car buying experience in the state of Tennessee, I will guarantee it. Two Rivers Ford, located in Mount Juliet, or find out more about the Built for You program today at Two Ford. Okay, so there's been a substantial amount of movement in the wide receiver uh, discussion today. Debo Samuel, Adam Schefter, was the first to report this this morning that the holdup between the San Francisco 49ers and Debo Samuel as it relates to getting a contract done The holdup was on the side of Debo Samuel. Now, Schefter made it seem like it was Debo Samuel who did not want to agree to a deal. And in reality, there's some details there that I think need to be fleshed out a little bit. Now, of course, Schefter, I'm certain, has better information than I do on the Debo Samuel circumstance. But given the fact that both Debo and A.J. Brown, and for that matter, D.K. Metcalf, all have the same agent, I think it's fair to assume that there are multiple layers to this conversation that we are not doing a good enough job discussing at length. So looking at this, since then, this afternoon, I think it was in the middle of the radio show, about 11 o'clock in the afternoon central time, uh, is when the report from Jeff Darlington came out that Debo Samuel had in fact requested a trade from the San Francisco 49ers because apparently he has questions about his usage He does not want to play running back, and I'm certain he was not happy with the contract value that was put before him. So he's trying to take the leverage into his own hands. The question that I want to ask you is this, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. The question that I would like to ask you is fair or foul, Debo Samuel's trade request has an impact on A.J. Brown's extension. Let me know on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We will discuss at length in the comment section. It's your Two Rivers for take. Simply fair or foul? And if you would like to provide an explanation for your response, you can do that too. Debo Samuel's trade request has an impact on A.J. Brown's extension. And since we are live producing the show, and since I can physically see Reed's face on my screen, producer Reed, I'm going to send him scrambling across the surface of the internet to go find Diana Russini talking about Debo Samuel and why A.J. Brown. She believes why A.J. Brown will be the first one of these wide receivers to get a contract done. The interview that we did yesterday on the radio show, an interview read, I believe, is a that is a YouTube file unto itself. So that may save you a little bit of time there since I'm making you do a little legwork in the show. It's worth playing, though, and it's uh, a failure on my part for forgetting that we had that at our disposal. Fair or foul? That's the question. It's your Two Rivers Ford take. We will talk about it together. I'll tell you how I feel about the circumstance momentarily, and I'll tell you, well, Tom Pelissero will tell you how Debo Samuel feels about the circumstance right after I tell you about the people who present this fine take. That, of course, is Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford has the Built For You program. Say you want to do like I did. I went through the Built For You program because not only do I endorse Two Rivers Ford, I endorse Two Rivers Ford because I'm a customer of Two Rivers Ford. I, the the products and the companies and the people that we endorse on the primetime show are all things that I use, and I know that you can't, you yourselves can use. You could use a new vehicle, and if you're somebody who is considering a new vehicle, why not build the exact vehicle that you desire? You can build any Ford vehicle, any. Customizable accessories and select any color that you want. Two Rivers Ford will build that vehicle for you and deliver it right to your door. All you got to do is click the custom order tab at two riversFord.com. You don't even have to go into the dealership to do it, even though you will experience the best car buying experience that ever you have experienced. And I'll see how many more times I can say experience throughout the course of this particular experience. Two Rivers Ford is the best for a reason because they operate with honesty and integrity, and they put the customer's needs first and foremost. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, how does this, if at all, impact A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel's trade request? Because outside of Adam Schefter's reporting, outside of Jeff Darlington's reporting, Tom Pellicero of the NFL Network, who is also a newsbreaker of some renown, went on the Rich Eisen show today to talk about this. And the clarity that Tom Pellicero brought to this conversation explains a little bit more as to why Debo Samuel may be unhappy there.
1: What is the, um, the split with Debo and the Niners all about? Best you can tell is Tom Pellicero.
2: It sounds like there's multiple layers to this, Rich, but certainly one of them is Debo Samuel, wants to be a receiver and not a receiver slash running back. His rushing attempts were significantly up last season from where they've been in the past. Uh, we all know that he's a really, really physical player, um, but there probably are some concerns here about longevity. The counterpoint to that, of course, is that the part of the reason the Devo Samuel is so valuable is because he's versatile. And one of the things Kyle Shanahan does as well as anybody in the NFL is – you know, run the same plays out of different personnel groups, move people around, use them in different ways. That's a big reason that Devo Samuel is, you know, the player that he is, because he can do all those different things. But, you know, in the big picture, it sounds like the role is part of the reason that Devo wants to play someplace else where he may just be able to be a true wide receiver and potentially tack on some years to his career.
1: So why why what and and then Kyle Shanahan's like what you don't tell me what to do or like they 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 couldn't hammer that
0: out or he was this an issue last year when he kept getting the ball do you think
2: It sounds like it's something that's played out uh these conversations through the course of this off season everybody sees where the wide receiver market is going the 49ers were willing and wanting to engage with Evo Samuel as other teams frankly should be right now because the numbers are just going to keep going Uh, up and up Um, you know this trade request actually happened uh, a couple of weeks ago hence me uh, dancing around your question an hour ago on the show (laughs) okay i I did not realize that uh our good friend jeff darlington was going to tweet that a minute after i got off the air but yeah i mean this is they've been trying to deal with it they stand ready to try to extend him debo it sounds like has just decided in his mind he's better off going someplace else where he might be used a little bit differently there's gonna be a line down the block for people trying to trade for them, and the 49ers are going to have to make a decision here. Do they trade one of the most unique weapons in the NFL, recoup uh, some of the draft capital they don't currently have because the trade-up a year ago for Trey Lance, or do they settle in and tell them we're not trading you and play the long game? So far, you know, it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, They obviously have not yet done a deal with Debo Samuel, but we'll see, as we have with Devontae Adams, with Kyrie Kill, both of those, um, you know, were situations that played out behind the scenes for you know days or weeks prior to you know guys all of a sudden everything escalating quickly and being traded. Don't sense that there's anything imminent on the Debo Samuel front, but again, as we've seen with other cases, these things can
0: um, get moving quickly.
1: Oh my goodness gracious!
0: It's a great way for that clip to end, just in a you know an appalled Rich Eisen. Oh my goodness gracious! Zoinks, Shaggy. All the wide receivers want to get traded. So the question is fair or foul at this point. Now, for those of you asking if the Titans would be able to trade for Debo Samuel to pair with uh, A.J. Brown, theoretically, could it happen? Yes. Is it likely to happen? No. But, um, you know, John Robinson's going to speak to us tomorrow at 1130 a.m. Central Time. If you want to hear from John Robinson live, I'm going to run – that press conference on my radio show. So you can listen to that. And I'm sure somebody will ask him about the wide receiver market and the status of AJ Brown, even though the purpose of this particular press conference has to do with the draft. But the question is fair or foul. Here, here is why this is here is why this is fair. The impact of Debo Samuel asking for a trade request is fair. I'll tell you exactly why. So this is a little bit layered, but this is how the business of football, or at least the business of the contract negotiations, a portion of it, this is how it works. There is a an overwhelming force of nature in the sports and entertainment industry known as CAA, Creative Artists Agency. Now, CAA represents, for example, just on the Titans alone, well, John Robinson, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Harold Landry, Taylor Lewan, and I'm sure any number of players that I could continue to name. They represent Debo Samuel. They represent D.K. Metcalf. They represent Peyton Manning. They represent Coca-Cola. They represent Robert De Niro. CAA has a stranglehold on the sports and entertainment market. They have an office, their main hub in Los Angeles. They also have an office uh, in, uh, in downtown Nashville. So CAA is the one who's orchestrating a lot of these things. They represent Adam Schefter, for example. There's a lot of on-air talent, whether it's movie making, producing, book writing, athletes, brands, CAA represents so many of them. Now in the NFL department, there's an agent uh, named Tory Dandy. Tory Dandy is one of the most powerful NFL agents at CAA. CAA and Tory Dandy are orchestrating the three most, or three of the most, three of the four biggest wide receiver names who are getting ready to be paid second contracts. Tory Dandy represents Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, and A.J. Brown. So all of this is being basically their chess pieces. A.J., Debo, and D.K., For the power brokers, the real power brokers, which are the agents, both in coaching and as far as the players are concerned, but the people that you never see. So when Adam Schefter goes on uh, NFL Live yesterday and says that Debo Samuel is the one who doesn't want to get the deal done, the 49ers would sign him today, this minute, if they could. It's not necessarily a fair representation. Yes, Debo Samuel is being represented by a certain segment of the population and ultimately the decision is Debo's to make. But Debo at I assume I, I I think Debo, if he's anywhere in the ballpark of AJ's age, AJ's 24. Debo's probably anywhere between 24 and 26. It is fair to assume that 2020-something-ish, 20, 20 Debo Samuel is not pulling the trigger on a trade request by himself to basically try and leverage in the middle of negotiating a $100 million potentially deal, right? This is the kind of wide receiver market that's happening. So CAA, and not necessarily just Tory Dandy, right? Like Lawan, I think, has a team of five or six agents that he works with. At the highest level, Derrick Henry is the same way, right? Somebody's there to handle public relations. Somebody's there to handle, well, multiple of them are there to handle contract details and negotiations, the language of which the contract gets written, to write the actual contract itself. And to review the contract that is submitted by, for say, for example, say the Tennessee Titans. So all of this, all of this comes about in a way that the athlete is the most front-facing. When in reality, the agents are what, who, who are the ones who are putting this deal together. And at this point, the market is entirely theirs to manipulate. Now they've gotten a little bit of help. They've gotten a little. Donovan remain makes a great point for those of you who watch Entourage on HBO CAA equals TWA from Entourage, and that of course Ari Gold uh, so Tory Dandy is the Ari Gold of the NFL right it's probably now I don't Tory's probably not I mean there will probably be some per- and, and I don't know Tory personally I just know of him and I know uh you know he does great work obviously he's he's very well respected both by uh, NFL organizations and by the players who he represents Um, He's done right by his clients, rightfully so. It's it's his job to do so. But yeah, uh, think of Ari Gold manipulating the NFL wide receiver market right now. Now, they did get a bit of a helping hand, right? When Jacksonville wildly overpaid for Christian Kirk, the money spiked at that position in ways that NFL teams were not prepared for it to do so. Or maybe they were prepared for it to do so, but not across the board, right? Not 30 million for Tyree Kill. Not 28 and a half, I think, is what Devonte Adams is averaging on an annual basis on his new deal. Not what is it? Twenty six for uh, for Stephon Diggs, and now these up and coming wide receivers. These guys are who who are getting ready to see their second contracts at the top of the position. AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, and Terry Terry McLaurin, who's not a CAA uh, represented athlete. These guys are looking around, calling their agents or agent in the case of three of them, and saying, "Hey." Why am I not being paid like this? This is the time. I'm in a contract here. Why isn't this deal getting done? And there's a variety of reasons to do that uh, I and, and why that's not being done, at least specifically here in Tennessee. And when Reed has the Diana Rossini clip, I'll have her explain it in greater detail than I would. But I want to know from you, I, I I consider it fair. And you'll hear the explanation of why that's fair momentarily. But fair or foul? Debo Samuel requesting a trade impacts AJ Brown's extension. Bryce Erickson says not enough and he's probably he's probably right like there is there are certain uh, there are certain things there are certain things about this that will impact it there are certain things that have little to no relevance to do with AJ Brown right Each situation is unique but the thing that is not unique is the fact that they're represented by the same entity by mostly the same lead guy who is going to make sure that each of his clients is taken care of and also leverage each of his client situation to get a better deal for his next client and ultimately you know this is how the agents get paid right i think you know my agent gets 10% of my contract over the life of the deal that i signed um i believe because it's a hell of a lot more money that the agent would be getting a percentage of at that level, I believe. I believe the industry standard for athletes and the agents, the percentage that agents make is three percent. Because when you're negotiating a hundred million dollar deals, three uh, percent can be a hell of a lot bigger than ten uh, percent of what it is somebody like me makes. Right on a, uh, you know, I'm not making AJ Brown money. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe Reed and I will soar to the top, and we'll all, uh, you know, just bags of cash for everybody. But until then, we must uh, we must gut it out down here. Um, and make things work. Ethan Ramsey says, "I feel like Buck is letting us peek behind the curtain." Well, you know, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that is disconnected, right? And athletes are the one who get and listen. They are the face, right? They're the player, they're the commodity, they're the person who the contract discussions are being had around. So, of course, you're going to associate them with the driver of all of these different things, of these deals, of these contracts, of these holdouts, all the different stuff that probably causes you great amounts of stress throughout the course of an off season like this but i think that there is a lot to learn from the actual from a portion of the business of football now I'm not i'm not sitting here telling you that i know everything about the business of football but i work in the industry so i understand at least to a degree how the industry works And where things may be missed by people who are talking about this, who are, you know, water cooler talk, right? When you go to work and you want to talk to your friends about why the hell John Robinson hasn't signed A.J. Brown to an extension yet. The Titans, like the 49ers, would sign A.J. Brown today, yesterday, a a week ago, if they could, right? But the representation of A.J. Brown is going to make sure that they get their client in the best position to succeed. It's competitive. John Robinson is a competitor. Corey Dandy is a competitor. They are going to be competitive to see who can get the best deal, one for the team, one for their client. And that's the stuff, the shadowy stuff, the cigar smoke-filled backroom handshake deals that get done that actually make the NFL go, the business of the NFL go. B. French says learning so much tonight. Well, I hope so, because you know, it's some of you guys know this stuff, some of you guys may not, and I don't. You know, I don't wanna I don't wanna sound like, hey, I know this and you don't, but I just want to explain a little bit more and I hopefully that helps um helps you guys, whether you have questions that I may be able to answer about this stuff or kind of give you a little more insight as to you know how these things go about getting finalized or ultimately the negotiation process that gets them up and to this point. Uh Tyler Peek says, Let's talk Titans. What Tyler, what <laughs> What, what do you think I'm doing? Are you Would you just zone out? Listen, Tyler. Okay. Ty, I, Tyler, this is the first time I've seen your name. Perhaps you're new to the show. Uh, and I'm, ha- I'm if you're a new viewer of the primetime show, maybe you listen to Austin and Zach in the morning. Maybe you were somebody who checks out the A to Z pick show. Maybe you just stumbled upon the Facebook live stream tonight and you don't know how this thing works. I've just told you about the Titans i just talked to you about the Titans negotiation process. Tyler, I don't want to bite your head off because you're new here. Or maybe it's the first time I've noticed you. Maybe you've been commenting for a while. I want to discredit you, Tyler. I don't want to be unnecessarily abrasive. But if you have not, if you have just listened to the 22 minutes that I've just done on this show, you completely and totally understand that I'm talking about the damn Tennessee Titans. I'm talking about the business that the Titans have on the negotiating table. If you don't think that's talking Titans, Tyler, then I would suggest that you pay a little closer attention. The job is to listen for you. My job is to speak. We can interact about these things together, and we can have it civilly and do it with uh, with great engagement and with great discourse. For example, like I did yesterday on the radio show, when my friend of from ESPN, Diana Rossini, and I discussed why A.J. Brown is going to be the first one to get a deal done out of these four. AJ's not going anywhere. This has been a month and a half of this nonsense. And, you know, as long as there's not a contract done, it'll continue to be a part of the news cycle. And he likes to tweet, so it's going to stay as a part of the news cycle. But like this, we we are dealing with some kind of ridiculous widespread panic here locally about the fact that AJ Brown's in his feelings on Twitter. And I just, I don't get why people are bent out of shape.
1: I think people get upset because they think, what if he holds out? What if we have a season without him? Uh, you know, and then I would say to those people, well, he's going to rack up a lot of fines and eventually probably give it because he's not going to want to have to pay all of that. Nor does he have the money for all that because it, it, it adds up. It's a lot, um, you know, from what I can gather from conversations I've had with sources, both sides are, are working towards a deal. Uh, They're trying to extend him. They're trying to keep him in Tennessee for a really long time. I I don't think this is a situation where the front office of the Tennessee Titans are looking at this going, "Eh, we're going to let him walk or, you know, we'll, 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 you know, trade him. Everything I, I can gather has been, they want to keep him. And even, you know, John Robinson was very open about how they want to make sure that he's not traded. Mike Grable went on Rich Eisen last week and said, we love him. As long as he's a head coach, they're not trading him. So, And you know how so tough it I is
0: know. to get Mike to say something nice about people.
1: <laughs> you know, when I first heard that, uh, that soundbite, that actually is what really prompted me to think, man, AJ's not going anywhere. Because I've, I've never heard Coach talk like that.
0: So that's our friend Diana Russini uh, of ESPN. She was on the radio show yesterday. You can check out the full interview. We talk about a lot of good contract detail stuff about all of these guys, not just AJ, but specifically about why AJ will be the first one to sign a contract of these four. You can go check that out. The podcast of the radio show is simply called The Buck Rising Show, just spelled exactly like you see. My name right there. All it is is the on this end and show on that end. And then you got the podcast. You're in business. That made producer Reed, I think, laugh Or that. He was just stretching in the background. I'm not sure. Now I'm now I'm trying out my comedy bits on Reed, since I actually have a physical person that I can see in the corner of my screen. He's nodding in approval or I think it's just pity. I'm not quite certain, but, you know, we'll keep trying. Um, it would probably be June 1st before a deal could be done due to cap restrictions. No, Mitchell, that is incorrect. Incorrect flatly, and I'll tell you why that is incorrect here in just a second, right after I tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. Gary is the official real estate agent of the Tennessee Titans, of the Nashville Predators, and of me. I bought my dream address through the Ashton team coming up on, damn, I mean, it's almost three years ago. Since I've been in my home, it'll be three years this summer and all my property value has done is go through the roof, not just because this housing bubble is insane right now, but because I worked with Gary and his team and they got me the Intel edge. They had all of the details about the plans for my part of town. The fact that HQ2 for Amazon or a portion of it was going to be built about a mile and a half from my doorstep in downtown Nashville about the fact that Oracle, the software company that is going to build a massive campus on the north bank of the Cumberland River, which is also close in proximity to my home, was getting ready to announce that deal, announce that commitment to do so, which of course is going to do well for my property value. That's the kind of Intel Edge that the Ashton team can provide to you, whether you're buying or selling your home. Don't sell without the Intel, GaryAshton.com has that intel for you. So, Mitchell Johnson brings up the idea that uh AJ Brown um it would probably be June 1st before a deal could be done due to cap restrictions. Well, no, because here's why that is incorrect, Mitchell. Now, he's talking about Mitchell's talking about June 1st because of the Julio Jones money, right? Julio Jones was designated even though he was released before June 1st you can designate a post-June 1st release and not have the money come into effect until after the June 1st deadline passes. So there's about $9 million that's going to be freed up for Julio or from Julio when June 1st rolls around. That has no impact on an A.J. Brown extension. None whatsoever. In fact, that money is probably going to be saved for draft picks for injury, uh, for injury, to, to account for injuries throughout the course of the season. You have to have a pool of money to pull from if you're going to go out and sign Buster screen and Dontrell Hill- Hilliard and Deontay Foreman and guys like that, Adrian Peterson in the middle of a season, right? You've got to have money to be able to pay these guys. And so you have to have a pool of resources to do that. That money has nothing to do with AJ Brown because AJ Brown is an extension. It's not a new contract. AJ will play 2022 on his rookie deal. If they let that deal expire, then at the end of 2022, A.J. becomes an unrestricted free agent. If they get the deal done while A.J. is still under contract, that is an extension on his current deal. You see what I'm saying? You He will play in the final year of his rookie contract, which is in 2022, at the allotted price point. And then after the extension is negotiated, 2023 will come at the new price point. The Julio Jones post-June 1st cap alleviation has next to nothing to do with AJ Brown. And likely it would not be June when it would happen. John Robinson's tendency for these things is to get these deals done in July, right before training camp, right around the time of training camp. And that is basically, I mean, that's the way they've done it with Henry. That's the way they did it with Tannehill. It's the way they did it with LeWan, the way they did it with Bayard, right? That is, and I believe that was my first year when Jarrell Casey got, it was like $60 million on his contract extension. That was right around pre-training camp time, too. So this is John. This is how John Robinson does business, something to keep in mind. But the June 1st money this year has nothing to do with uh, A.J. Brown this year. Uh, 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 Chris Frazier says, tell him, Buck. No, I'm not a... I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not yelling at Mitchell about it. I just think that they listen. It it's confusing, right? I'm paid to know this shit, and I get confused. I'm constantly having to look up my copy of the NFLPA offseason rules and the collective bargaining agreement that I have access to to make sure that I know all the rules on this because it it's super. Turns out, business of football way more complicated than the actual football itself. Any idiot like this idiot can talk about football can. Commentate on sports. Read producer Reed and I were just talking about. I do Instagram questions every Tuesday, a and A on the Titans every Tuesday on the A to Z Sports Instagram account. And Reed pointed out to me, oh, actually, Reed, do you want to do you want to pop in the show? Do we want to do this live? I know we would have to get rid of the graphic, and you may have to live with my uh, my name on your forehead. But do you want to pop in and explain to people this is your this is your debut, this is your moment? Reed, do it. Get rid of the graphic first, and then pop into the show. Reed, are you there?
2: I'm here. I'm here. Look at this. How's everybody doing?
0: Look tonight? at this. Actually, get the get the hell rid of my ne- get get rid of this primetime well, on the road graphic. We're not on the road. We're that <laughs> this is fine. Look at look at producer Reed. He's glowing. He's fabulous. He is the person, okay. the genius behind the madness that is A to Z Sports Primetime. Reed, do you want to tell the audience the conversation that we were having prior to the show start this evening?
2: Basically, we were just going through the Instagram uh story comments that always seem to have these Titans Tuesday questions, but Everyone seems to come back every week to the same question. That is, Buck, how do I get into this industry? And you keep saying you are a poli sci major. So, how the heck do they get into the industry? We both don't know, except for just go out there, try and know everything that you can about the team, right? Well, no, because we still, you're an expert on the team. I am not, however, but I still have my opinions and I love to shout it out to them. Shout it out right. to the internet. <laughs>
0: Very good. Shout out to the internet. Shout out to producer Reed back to the shadows. And we will bring in Reed periodically because he is so, so good at what he does. Uh, don't worry about the graphic read. I am. Oh, look at that. He did it for me. This is why he's a pro. All right. Very good. Producer Reed's first debut on the primetime show, even though he's been back there schlepping around for basically two, what is it? Two years now, Reed almost. I mean, you've been with me almost the entire time, basically three years at this point, very exciting stuff. Point being, there is no, like, it's it's tough to understand all these different loopholes and post-June 1st, pre-June 1st, collective bargaining rules, all these different things. You can you can study this stuff religiously and still not have all the answers, right? I learned a hell of a lot about the salary cap last year when the NFL salary cap took a almost $16 million haircut. I had no idea that voidable years on contracts were a thing until the NFL started getting desperate, and then all of a sudden, every team is handing out voidable years that make, The contracts not count for that year's salary cap. The Saints apparently have been doing this kind of monopoly money bullshit for years at this point. At some point, the bill comes due, but teams have a variety of different strategies, loopholes that they can employ to maximize the business side of football. The ones who do it well are the ones who often succeed outside of just the -the on-the-field product. Something to keep in mind. Anyway, so since we're talking about disconnects this evening uh puka says reed and lucas should get together so that's producer reed on the primetime show and producer lucas on the uh, on the radio show we do need to we do need to do stuff more communally that's on me but that's you know that's why reed is organizing a lot more of the primetime show these days because i cannot be relied upon to show up on time or to do things in a timely fashion and reed is much more uh efficient that way so you know we will we will organize we, we need to do uh, we need to do something with with the primetime audience as well, we do a lot with the radio show audience, and this is a deep and utter failure on my part. And we will we will work to better ourselves uh, whenever A to Z Sports takes its uh, summer hiatus, and we come up with new ideas to improve the product for you. Um, holy crap! Look at this first for a lot tonight. Wow! Yeah, uh, everybody's excited to see Reed. Look at that, buddy! You're a superstar. How about that? All right, um, let's uh, let's talk about other other disconnects throughout the course of the uh throughout the course of the draft process because Mike Vrabel looks pissed on your graphic for a reason that's because coaches um coaches and fans view the draft process a hell of a lot differently than one another and we'll talk about the details of that. Mark Jones says you should get John Robinson to do an interview with you for a live primetime show. You know, it's we've ne- I mean I guess we've never asked John to do a primetime show, although 8 p.m. is a is not a fair ask of anybody. You know, most people are eating dinner. They're relaxing. They're you know, I I, because because he does the radio show. He's done the podcast before because we can work around his schedule. We can we I've never asked him. I don't know that he would be outright opposed. I just, you know, out of respect for other people. I don't we we don't do guests on the primetime show typically because of the time that we do the show. And so, uh, you know, I mean, maybe like, like I said, John's going to talk tomorrow. Maybe we bring up uh, the idea for a live stream primetime. No, you should have Vrabel on, says Puka. Why? So he can, so he can roast my ass for a live audience. Nothing would make him happier. Nothing. He would, he would, I, Mike, Mike cannot be bothered to do much, but he would, I think that Mike would relish the opportunity to come in here in front of a live audience and in, in a way that he can see all the comments and just punk me for an hour Uh, The way that uh, the way that he does at the press conference with press conferences with all of us. G man on basis. John Robinson's watching Dateline reruns at eight o'clock. Yeah, that's right. Chris Frazier says Mike Keith will do it. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, like uh, and and then we'll talk about the variable disconnect thing. Um, I uh, you know, I like I like that there's differences about the show, right? About the shows, right? We've got the radio, and maybe this is too much inside baseball for you guys, but you know, maybe, maybe some of you are in, in interested in this. Can Dre, Well, here's here's one question that Dre asked that I can give you a definitive answer answer on. Dre says, "Can the audience get on the show?" Absolutely not. Absolutely not. None of you can be trusted. Uh, there is no way for me to control what the <laughs> what the hell, uh, what the hell would go down if we popped one of you into this uh, live prime time situation but here's the thing like I like a little separation of church and state you know what I'm saying the radio show do a ton of interviews Vrabel Robinson the players Mike Keith I mean hell tomorrow on the radio show uh who do I actually I who do we have on the radio show tomorrow I'm drawing a blank but I like I had Harry Douglas today and our buddy Josh Pate from CBS Sports radio show we can do the interviews podcast the 615 session podcast we do the titans media roundtable right so that's for jimmy wyatt that's for Tehran, that's for rex road um and the primetime show it's just you and me now you know would it be a good payoff for you guys if every once in a while we had somebody like that pop into the live stream maybe so but like just for the sake of me not feeling like i'm doing the same show because i've got four shows now that i'm responsible for you know i like I like that this is this is a little more personal between you and me. So if you guys would like to politely say that I'm not good enough for you anymore, and that you need a little spice, you need to bring somebody else into the bedroom to mix things up a little bit. Perhaps, yeah, we already did that with Producer Reed. We did that already. Okay, we gave you we gave your your, your little spice. You had your little affair with Producer Reed. Now we get back back to brass tack and tack, tax. And why won't you look me in the eye anymore? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just I think there needs I think there needs to be uh, I think there needs to be differences with the show. um but yeah, we don't need pagan rituals happening on the show. why not we can we i wouldn't I, I almost said we could sacrifice one of the cats on air but of course i love them more than anything uh anything that I have in my life so perhaps that would not be the best thing and then peter would come after me uh jeff roberts asks, man, we're getting caught up in a uh we're getting caught up in a uh, uh, a q and a session tonight and that's fine listen, I'm going with the flow tonight and you guys are welcome to do so. Uh, Bryce Erickson said, I didn't know Buck moonlights as a comedian. Well, no, I just, I I have shitty jokes. I have shitty jokes. And every once in a while, I'll get a pity laugh out of it. Uh, Jeff says you Austin and Zach are great all at once. You guys doing that for the draft this year, Buck? Well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that, um, I don't know that they've announced the draft plans yet for A to Z. So I'm going to, until I know who knows about what we're doing, I'm not going to, say anything I don't want to give away Austin and Zach do things correctly they like to announce things all this that and the other Jesse Bailey says dude did you really just say that did I really just say what Jesse enlighten me what are you what are you so outraged what are you aghast that I've said you want to expand for me a little bit so I can uh, so we can have a conversation uh, without me overreacting because I don't want I don't want to do you wrong Jesse what are you what are you what are you what are you caught off guard by what I've just said you I'll give you time to expand. Um, and then we can have a discussion about that, but long story short, um, I will be, I will be at the Titans facility all three days of the draft Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we will have a to Z programming during a portion of the draft. Jesse, Oh, Jesse Baylor. I thought Jesse Baylor was outraged by the, uh, Outraged by the uh, the threesome, the the, mono, the lack of monogamy in our relationship anymore, and here he is outraged about the sacrificial cat. No, the cats are going to kill me. Are you kidding me? They're going to kill me in my sleep. They're going to cut me. I'm not worried about the cats. In fact, one of them looked over over its shoulder at me when I even brought up the idea, and I felt it through my soul. So Jesse, any scorn that you have for me uh, is being doubled over ten times by these two uh, <laughs> trash pandas that live in my home. Anyway. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to the draft disconnect and the whole reason why Brabel looks pissed off on your graphic tonight. So we've gotten uh, we've gotten the, the wheels have come off anyway um the question that we want to ask you is this on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter and on Twitch as I try to get myself back together. this is why producer Reed is here to help me stay on course. What is the biggest NFL draft disconnect? What do you think is the biggest NFL draft disconnect? between coaches and fans. Let me know what that is in your opinion on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We will have a discussion together. I will give you, well, I won't give you my opinion on this. I will give you my friend Greg Cosell's opinion on this because in the way that we don't have live primetime guests, we always provide you great content from the interviews that I do so that we can share them with you as the primetime audience. What is the biggest NFL draft disconnect to you between coaches and fans? We will talk about that right after I tell you about our friends at Brymac Mechanical. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymack.com is where you go for satisfaction guaranteed on all of your HVAC needs. Brymac is the best in the business. They'll get you covered. They'll make sure you are in a position To succeed, they'll make sure that you're in your comfort zone. Chris Hamby, Miss Sherry, family-owned business, named for Bryant and McKenzie, family, locally owned and operated here in Middle Tennessee. Three locations, in fact, the main hub in Clarksville, three locations in Tennessee and in Kentucky. B-R-Y-M-A-K, Brymac, mechanical. Um, Stephen King says, Cats and Buck definitely had a pre-show toke on, uh, well, you know, it is, It is a holiday to some where it is uh, where it is legal for you guys Uh, to uh, Tennessee is not one of these states. Uh, In fact, I'm pretty sure we just had legislature that tried to ban Delta eight, which is like, you know, uh, pot without the pot in it. (laughs) So if you want to get bent out of shape about that, I guess that is your own prerogative. If you do celebrate the holiday, I hope that, you know, you're enjoying the show, that it's not overwhelming to you and that you're not being chased by a dragon because you hit it a little too hard before we popped on. Live tonight. Just know that the dragon's not real. But my, my, the rage that you're feeling for me, that is. That is making up for the dragon uh, that you think may be chasing you around. Uh, G-Man says, I'm picketing 104.5 tomorrow with my new sign. Buck must free Reed. I've just freed Reed. I just freed Reed. What do you mean? Reed, Reed has been free. Reed has been, Reed is, listen, this is on Reed. This is not on me. It's on Reed. Reed has had the ability to do this shit for two years. This first time he decided to do it. Sure, I had to open the door for him. But it was—it's two years. Reed's been back there two years, and this is the first time that we, <laughs> that we figured it out. Anyway, what's the biggest disconnect between fans and coaches in the NFL about the draft process? So, um, De- uh, Deborah Puka says, with information available to them, don't understand why Titans drafted Isaiah Wilson. And listen, the, the pandemic draft—like, there's no excuse for Isaiah. Isaiah, Isaiah was. I mean, Isaiah is arguably one of the biggest first round busts in the history of the sport, not just in like the history of the Tennessee Titans in the history of the sport. Um, but the, the, the pandemic evaluation process was so mangled that I don't want to give them a pass. You can't give them a pass because it's continued to have ripple effects to where we're talking about potentially another offensive lineman in either round one or round three, because of course they don't have a second round pick, but. You know, I do, you do have to grade it on a curve a little bit, even as that grade is still going to be uh, an outright fail. Uh, Ben Hall says, Reed isn't real. Yes. We've just shown people that Reed isn't real. Reed's not my imaginary friend. I've been making Reed up for three years. (laughs) You guys are the worst. Uh, Even though it's understanding, not wanting to, it's understood why it happens. Tig says not wanting to show your hand, but it would be nice to know what the coaches believe the needs are. Well, they're never going to tell you what the draft board looks like. They're never going to tell you. They're never going to tell me. They're never going to tell us in a press conference setting. They're never going to make that information public. This is state secret, kind of, kind of, uh, kind of stuff. And but I do think it's important because not Isaiah Wilson, but let's ru- let's do Dylan Raidens, right? Dylan Raidens who's a second round pick from last year, who fans hear and see, second round selection, offensive tackle. You know it's a need. You expect that player to be a full-time starter. You expect that player to participate or to contribute earlier in his rookie season than Dylan Radins actually did. And for him to have meaningful contributions in year two for Dylan Radins coming up in this season, there will be opportunity, right? There's at least two offensive line slots open for the Tennessee Titans right now. But I want you to hear Greg Cosell and I had a really good conversation about this on the fourth show that I do called the install with greg cosell we produce uh well we don't i don't produce greg and i do the podcast every wednesday it's available to you in your favorite podcast app and greg greg walked us walked me through and by uh by extension you through how it is that something like dylan Raiden's comes about in ways that make all the sense in the world to people in the facility but to fans look like another early round pick bust
3: you draft a player in the second round you expect him to be become a
0: quality starter now at least to know what position he's going to play which we have yet to figure out here but right but
3: i mean you're expecting that player wherever you put him to be a quality starter um a second round pick is not meant as a maybe pick it's meant as he's going to be a quality starter yeah Um, and but you understand when you draft dylan radins that obviously the level of competition he faced on a weekly basis at north dakota state in the fcs is not the same as if you're drafting someone from a power five school certainly not if it's from the sec so you understand going in that there's going to be a learning curve you understand that and but because he's a second round pick i'm sure that a lot of fans think well how come he's not playing why isn't this guy really good right now well john robinson knows that the team knows that now he's year two You'd like to see a couple of things. Obviously, when you get to year two, number one, he's going to have to have a position, and I'm not saying that jokingly. He's going to have to have a position, and you'd like to see him improve to the point where he can become a starter. Now, I, you know, it's, again, we're talking in later April. Uh, I don't know what they their plan is for their O line at this point, um, but you'd like to believe that he can become a starting player. Uh, you know, I don't know who they plan on playing at left guard right now.
0: So that's a portion of uh, Greg and I's conversation from the earlier episode, the episode that we did this afternoon, actually, that's available to you in your feeds now, is there is a plan for these players. Now, immediate impact is, of course, what we all want out of the players. But basically, in summary, you're never going to get the microwave results that you want. There are so few players who come into the NFL nfl ready there's probably almost no players who come into the nfl nfl ready by the standard and when i say nfl ready i mean by the standard of the organization that drafted them right all of these teams understand that there is going to be some degree of learning curve is it easier for a guy like uh oh let's take for example evan neal right the left tackle out of alabama Is it going to be easier for Evan Neal to make the transition from college to pro? Evan Neal played at the highest level. Evan Neal played postseason football. He played against the best talent in college football. He is going to be one of the more pro-ready prospects because of his pedigree, because of his background, because of the conference in which he plays. Dylan Radins is going from FCS, FCS, not FBS, which is Major College Football, North Dakota State University. North Dakota State University is also renowned for high- level football. They regularly win FCS championships. They have produced pros in the past. Trey Lance is a product of North Dakota State. Uh, Carson Wentz as just as far as recency uh, is concerned is a product of North Dakota State. They have pros and they understand what it is to produce pro prospects. but there is a lot there is a lot of this that I think there's a disconnect between um, between fans and between the people who actually do this for a living because you may make jokes about the hand size of a quarterback, right? But the reality of that situation is, is somebody's job is tied to the damn hand size of that quarterback and if they take a risk on the quarterback whose hands are too small to properly have uh, to properly protect the ball security of the football then whomever advocated for the small-handed quarterback looking at you Kenny Pickett is probably going to lose their job if Kenny Pickett does not pan out because he's got, you know, hands the size of the Whopper commercial, right? Just got these tiny hands. You just don't know what to do with the tiny hands. Anyway, these are the kind of things that you have to take into consideration. So, long story short, that's the kind of disconnect that I think we talk about regularly, frequently, um, between fans at this time of year and between the organization, not just coaches, but front office people, scouts, you know, everybody – Everybody whose jobs are directly tied to the panning out of these prospects, right? And I think that that can kind of get lost in the shuffle because it's it's really easy to do, right? Um, anyway, I think that, you know, we're almost an hour into the show. I've rambled far more than I usually do. The last topic that we had, you know, is just going to – all it's going to do is annoy me. And it's it's a holiday. Nobody wants to be annoyed on a holiday, I don't want to be annoyed on a holiday. Producer Reed doesn't want to be annoyed on a holiday. You guys don't want to be annoyed probably while you're celebrating said holiday, assuming of course, that you are in a state where it is legal to celebrate such holidays. Enjoy the rest of your evening, no matter how it is that you choose to enjoy it. And we will be right back at it tomorrow on the radio show from 10 to 1 PM central time. Um, We are going to have John Robinson's press conference and as I look at my show sheet for tomorrow, oh, Pete Pranica, voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, of course the Grizz and the Minnesota Timberwolves caught up in their uh, caught up in their playoff series, even at one apiece after John Morant was just short of a triple double last night. So NBA playoff talk, Titans draft talk tomorrow on the radio show. If we don't catch you on the radio show from ten to one. You can check out the podcast. You can check out the podcast, the radio show. You can check out the install podcast. And, hell, while you're at it, Friday there's going to be a 615 Sessions podcast with uh, producer Reed has confirmed, Teron Davenport of ESPN, and our buddy Steve Lehman from News Channel 5. So we'll say enjoy the rest of your evening. We don't talk to you on any of those platforms. We'll see you right back here for one last time this week on A to Z Sports Primetime.